You are listening to the Level Up Gaming Podcast, episode 169, Taking Notes as a GM. In today's episode, Josh discusses taking notes as a GM. He explains why he takes notes to stay on task as a GM. He also describes why note-taking is an important skill as a GM to help avoid missing important details in your game. We continue the cross-promotion we have with various podcasts. This month, we have Roll Britannia. Stay tuned for a word from them later in the episode. If you'd like to participate in the discussion or leave us feedback, you can contact us at levelupyourgamingpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash levelupyourgaming. If you like the content and want to hear more of the show, subscribe and we'll ensure you don't miss an episode. New episodes come out almost every Wednesday. Also, please review, tell a friend about the podcast, or share with your gaming group. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Level Up Your Gaming Podcast. This week, it's just me, Josh. Aaron is out, and I will be going over a small topic that is near and dear to my heart. Note-taking. So, one of the things that Aaron talked about um, when I joined the podcast, and I know he's mentioned it here or there, is that I take notes. I've got all sorts of notes on the subjects that we talk about. And whenever he comes up with a... Uh, a topic that we'd like to cover and we discuss it and we go over some ideas, I build out a big old list of what I'd like to do and what I, what, what points that I would like to make. And the thing is that this is also how I approach GMing. Uh, whenever I build a world and that's, that's what I like to do. I don't like, uh, small games. I don't like running simple things. I don't know why I just, I enjoy, uh, large epic campaigns or interesting stories that take a little while to get into. And a big part of how I do that is that I build worlds. I build an environment. I build uh, characters and I like to create interconnectedness. And uh, I like to sort of have a history of what's going on that the players can either explore or ignore. It's up to them. Uh, but even if they do ignore it, it doesn't mean it didn't exist. And it doesn't mean that it's not influencing what's going on around them. If they choose to explore it, they'd get a little bit more depth into the world. But once again, the world is there for them to explore or them to understand. Um, and I think that's very important when I'm building these things is that and I do recommend this is that you can have a story, you can have a plot but that does not mean that your players have to follow a specific path to get there. We've talked about this in the podcast before. Let your players sort of figure out their own path. And if there's something important, if there's something that you need to have happen, move it. Just because, you know, you had originally written the, the MacGuffin into a specific room, but they don't go that direction. Doesn't mean it doesn't show up somewhere else. Um, Players can and will find paths that I don't expect. They will come up with ideas that I don't recognize or see at the time, and they will try and do things that I've been like, that's not at all what I expected you to do. And as you've heard me say before, I, I'm a big fan of saying yes. I'm a big fan of letting the players sort of decide how they want to go, where they want to go, what they want to do. But... 
I always put my own spin on it. You know, let them do the thing, but give it a twist. Give it a little something or other. Uh, players call back to older parts of the stories, you know, that I don't expect. I didn't prep. Players will ask about a thing that had happened beforehand um, as a means to solve a puzzle that I've given them. And I think that's great because, you know, the players are now invested in the world and the players are, you know, paying attention to what's going on and they're recognizing things that maybe even I didn't notice. Uh, and players, like I said, they try to, they, they do things in the game and it's up to me to sort of improvise on how that happens. You know, they will just like, I'd like to go to this sort of store. And I'm like, I didn't even think about that. And that would absolutely be in this place. I need to make that thing. Or I'm looking for a guy that can do this thing. Yeah. This world would absolutely have that sort of thing. And once again, that's something that I didn't prep. So anytime those things happen, I need to have a note. I need to have a note because my players will come back to it. My players will ask about it. If I have added something to the game because of their actions, because of their questions, or if they're calling back to a part of the game from before, then I need to have a note. And I need to have those story points and paths written out so that if I need to move them or change them, I can update those notes and say where those things are. So notes are you know, my bread and butter. They are how I make it through a story. They are how my players uh, can enjoy my worlds and they can, you know, move forward. So notes are very, very important to me. Things that I have in my notes, um, I like to have, you know, obviously what my players know. I've got that sort of note. You know, this is where they are in the story. Right now in my cyberpunk game, I've got a big list of, you know, what clues have the players found uh, and what clues the players haven't found. And I get to, you know, mark out which things they know and which things they don't know. And as things get added in, because they will get added in, if they go in a different direction, they talk to somebody that I don't know, maybe they'll find out a different type of information, a piece of information. Where did it come from? Who did they find it from? You know, so that list keeps getting updated. Uh, who my players know, you know, I've got little short little bios on any of the NPCs. Once again, you know, NPCs that exist within your world should be unique and interesting. So your players can remember them, but not every NPC has to have a fully fleshed out backstory. They just have to have enough of a personality so that if your players decide they want to incorporate them into the game that you can start to work with it. But if your players don't want to incorporate them into the game, they just exist, that it just having enough of a personality breathes some life into that section of the game. Uh, not every shopkeep is just me talking normally, because <laughs> then it's going to be really confusing on what's the shopkeep and what is the story. Um, I'd, I'd like to have, uh, sort of the plot outline as part of my notes too. You know, where are my players going? What are they doing? Um, right now, the story, Cyberpunk game again, uh, I have a bunch of different paths that they were allowed to take to sort of find the solution. 
you know, to, to solve the mystery. And, uh, they took a bunch of them, not one of them, not two of them. They took like three of them at one point and they expanded out to a fourth and then they stopped looking at one of them. So, um, having, you know, uh, sort of a, where are they in that arc? What have they found? What would be the next step? Who have they talked to? All those things, uh, fit in there. Um, I do absolutely have to keep a track of items or conversations or history that I have inadvertently added to the game because they have asked me a question that I hadn't prepped and I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to dive into it and come up with something. Uh, but remember, if you, if you make something in your game, you have to remember that you did that because if you don't, your players will. If you if your players remember something that you don't, it's gonna be a problem. Um, and I also like to keep track of why things were added and how they connect. You know, if you have a new NPC, why do you have a new NPC? It's because this player asked for that because they needed to find this thing. Well, then you can expand on that. This leads directly into how I like to take notes. Uh, I like to keep notes simple and make them more complex. A lot of what I do is creating lists. I use just the list tool in whatever program that I'm using, and I build out just a, like a list of points, like just things that have happened. Uh, maybe even, you know, headers like here's NPCs, here's items, here's locations, and then I expand on those points and flesh them out. If I get the opportunity to, I like to create links between them. I think this helps me develop the ideas. Uh, it gives me starting points, and if I have an idea about one of them, uh, I can expand on it. Even if it's not the, you know, you're not starting at the top and moving to the end. You're not starting at the beginning of the story and moving to the end of the story. You're starting at the parts that are interesting to you and fleshing them out because they may give you insight on how to make the other parts work. The tools that I've used, and I've used a couple of different tools to take notes. Um, a lot of what I started with is just like notepad you know, just creating text notes. And while that's great for quick and dirty stuff, it's not very effective. I moved all of my notes at one point over to Google Docs. Uh, and, you know, I use Google Docs for a lot of things for some very specific purposes. First of all, it's free. I get a lot of space. I get a lot of move, you know, I can do a lot with it without having to actually do anything there. It's online which means that I can access it from wherever and it's shareable. So if I have a document that I'd like to share with my players or with another GM so that we can go over things, uh, you know, build out stories or just collaborate on stuff, uh, it's all available. Google docs is great for that. And, you know, not just docs, but also like, uh, uh Google sheets, pretty much only those two. I, we've, I've done Google forms where I can like fill out a form. Uh, I thought that was really fun. I could like come up with ideas for stories and stuff and just post them. But it's rather, uh, excessive for what I was trying to do. Um, I think the big con with Google docs is that, you know, they are just documents. 
We take a break now to hear a word from Roll Britannia. You asked me once to tell you the greatest tale of all time. Uh, are you fellas new here? Um, it was away. Yeah, the fact that I've never seen you before. That's, that's <laughs> they're on away. They're never short of confusion or just good old-fashioned banter. Uh, yes. Any ideas as to what we should be doing? No, 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 no We'll no. die. No. no. I can't deal with this. Yeah, roll better. Be better at d and <laughs> I'm having some sort of vision. I'm covered in blood, I'm in turmoil. So follow our buccaneers wherever you want to listen. For new tales every Wednesday as they set sail and roll Britannia. It could be a hedgehog. I have heard of it. Prickly. We now return to the conversation on Little Upper Gaming Podcast. It is. You can you can build links between documents and them, but it takes a bit of work. You uh, your search ability is limited to well, where is that information? You sort of have to sort of build those things out. Um, searching within the documents is just, you know, you have to know which document you're looking for, and then you can find the information. So if I've written a note in one of the docs, and then I put it somewhere, I I don't necessarily remember where I put it when I come back to it later. And that is a big problem for me. I, I get a little... Uh, disorganized if I don't have a plan, which of course comes back to why I'm taking notes. Um, I think Google Docs, if you haven't used it, I don't know why you haven't at this point. Um, It would be most like Microsoft Word or anything else like that. Um, A lot of what I wrote in Google Docs was just like a ton of notes, you know, just notes and notes and notes, sheets and sheets of notes. I, I would write stuff on my phone, uh, you know, if I was out at a campsite or at a museum, pretty much anywhere that I was that I found something interesting, I could create a note. And it was very useful for that. Um, the problem I ran into was, of course, that information got lost. You know, I'd write something, I'd find an interesting idea, I'd find some inspiration, and then I'd come back later and realize, oh, I had already written something about that, you know, months ago. And now I've got two conflicting ideas. How do I either mesh them or add them in separately into the game? And it could add trouble. If I came up with an interesting idea and I had already presented the original one to my players, well, now I'm stuck. You know, now I've got to figure out a way to put this in in a different way. So it gave me, um, it gave me a lot of freedom to write but too much freedom to sort of ignore what I've already done. Um, Recently, I switched to a different program, and I do recommend people try it out or take a look at it. Uh, I find it interesting. Uh, It's called obsidian.md. It is like a text editor, but it has markdown, which means that you can do, you can do lists, you can do headers, you can do tables and, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. But another thing that it does is it uh, you can build links directly into the document. And clicking on those links opens up new files or opens up the file that, you know, the link is to. And that way you can create sort of a, a mesh. Uh, it's very similar to a OneNote in the way that it works. Uh, I also like to look at it very much as like a Wikipedia. Um, so it's it's nice, it's free, uh, unless you pay for like a enterprise version. Um, 
it has those links in it, which is fantastic. It also has tags. You can tag documents, you know, just the hashtag. Um, and there's plugins. Uh, I will talk about that in a second, but it does have plugins. The cons that I have with this program is that it's not online unless you have an account with them. I tried to get an account with them. They said they'd send me an email, and they don't. <laughs> you might have different results. It might just be my email client, but, uh, you know. Uh, the other thing is that it's not nearly as shareable uh, because instead of it being like one document, it's dozens of documents. Um, I think part of my story right now has 82 separate documents that are all interconnected. Uh, so that becomes an issue. But also because of that, you know, it's locally stored. So I could post it in like a SharePoint or in a Dropbox or something like that, or even up in the uh, uh, Google Drive and then share that folder you'd still have to sort of connect to it or download it or run it some way. So uh, I'm looking into it. There's, there's gotta be a way to, you know, make it more accessible because right now without that account, um, I can't take notes on my phone when I see things. So I'm still taking those notes in Google docs and then moving them over to obsidian where they fit. Um, like I said, it's most like OneNote or Wikipedia in that, you know, you get a lot of options. Uh, I find that I write less in Obsidian than I did in Google Docs. And I think part of that is that while I'm, I'm still taking notes, I'm still taking a bunch more notes, they're more connected. So I can write one document about a subject and link back to it from a bunch of different places so I don't have to rewrite things that I've written before. It makes my stories, my worlds, more concise. And I'm really enjoying that part. Um, part of the way that I'm writing at this point is that I am, you know, still building those lists, but now it's like a tree. You know, instead of writing one document that has a bunch of headers, I'm writing one document that has a couple of links and those links have links and those links have links and uh building out this you know web of documents that all can interconnect problem with that is that i get a little add at times and i will find you know i'll start writing on a story i'll find a bit of the thing that i want to expand upon and then i will expand upon that and then there's a bit that i want to expand upon and i expand upon that and i don't get back to the original Part. the original doesn't get done at that session you know but now i've built a 30 page document about a town and uh the history of a, a corporation that the players may never see it's you know purely for my own edification of how i want my stories to go or where my worlds are going to be and uh while i find that really interesting it's not beneficial to me as a storyteller so, you know, uh, in conclusion, in sort of like to wrap this up, because without Aaron, I'm not going to like, you know, I'm just going to keep rambling for a while. Um, if you write stories, if you write long stories, campaigns, you, you're like me and you like to just build worlds, um, you're going to need something to take notes in. 
I mean, if you're writing one shots, if you want to have like fun banter for your characters or uh, you've homebrewed some items, you're, you're going to take notes. Like any part of GMing is going to be involved in note taking. It's going to be involved in writing things down and having, you know, some sort of history of what you've done. You can be, you know, absolutely perfect at, uh, you know, remembering your story, but your players are still going to throw you for a loop. So keep some notes. Um, I gave you two of the, the programs that I work with, Google Docs, Obsidian MD. I enjoy them. I think they're great for me. They might not be for you. They may be something else that you like to do. If you don't like taking notes on a computer, if you like taking notes in a, in a um, you know, like a, a moleskin or just like a notepad or, you know, you just have a billion post-it notes and red string tied up around your room like you're some sort of conspiracy theorist. I love it. Find a tool that matches your style. Take your notes, but don't be afraid to switch. And definitely don't be afraid to use multiple systems. Just because you've got one system that works for part of it doesn't mean that it's not good at something else that you'd also like to do. Mix and match. And I think that's... Uh, it's going to be beneficial for you and your stories to make sure that you have some sort of interconnectedness, that you make a more cohesive story, that you know that what you've created is going to be referenceable. It's going to be uh, there if you need to come back to it, and your players are going to enjoy that more. So, for Aaron, even though he's not here, I'm Josh. Thanks for talking. I'll see you next week. Thank you to Josh for this week taking over and recording an episode for the podcast. If you have any thoughts on what Josh said, let us know. Levelupyourgamingpodcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash levelupyourgaming. Also, the podcast is on YouTube, so smash the like button there. Otherwise, get it wherever you get your podcast. Recommend it to a friend. Subscribe, review, all those good things. And that's going to wrap up Level Up Your Gaming for this week. So thank you, Josh, once again. Take care, everyone.